both for recording on Monday. That makes a huge difference in my schedule this week. Yeah, no worries. And trust me, I'm just f***ing with you. <laughs> Whenever I start thinking, I always do that. I start humming Monday Night Football for some reason. Is that what that was? Right around the corner. Yeah, in my head, I was like, dun, 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 dun. I didn't realize that's what that was. I just heard some whistling. I was like, I can't whistle that good either, Ted. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> All right, fire it up. Thumbs up. There we Good go. day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast starring the Ted. Starring the Ted. Star. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Home Episodes of the Podcast. As always, we'll be your host's podcast. Uh, oh, I did not get that right. My name is the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. I'm the host. Anyhow, Home Episodes. We're doing another one. Uh, up there in the left box is Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? What's up, you broke bitches? Hope you're having a good summer, and thanks for listening to the cast. <laughs> all right, down there, getting everything all set up when I allow him to. Matt Connor, the producer, <laughs> FTTT. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. <laughs> it's so hard to get out of the routine of always being like, it's episode, whatever. You know, and I'm like, oh, no, it's two home episodes. We're not, we're like not I'm trapped in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first order of business, I have some time off coming up, so we will be off for uh, two weeks after this. I'm going to do, cool. do a little traveling. What's going on? I'm going to sneak back east while uh, flying seems okay and, you know, go see my mom. I'm going to go get brunch with my dad on his birthday. Eat some, uh, go see my niece and nephew, eat some crabs and shrimp, of course, and then, you know, Probably get lunch with somebody else. You know me. Four days. So I got to pack everything I can in. Four days. Dang. So you're catching like the the end of the Maryland summer, the peak. Yeah. Wow. Luckily, it'll still be like 90-some degrees and really humid. Like My mom told me that today, and I was like, oh, I'm going to melt. Wait, so, <laughs> yeah, dude, I've always wondered about that. Like, you know, I know the East Coast summers are hot, but you're also all about Maryland blue crab. Like, is that the move in the peak of summer, or is that like an off-season food? Oh, no. It's peak of summer. Like, I – me and my old roommate, DB, we definitely spent a July 4th when we lived in a row house in uh, Baltimore, and we got crabs. And I remember sitting outside, and, like, it's not just you're sweating. Like, sweat was, like, dripping off your nose. I mean, that's how oh. hot humid it was. But that's just what you do. You still sit outside, dump out all the crabs, <laughs> eat them up. But, yeah, it's definitely a summertime activity. Oh, man, crab in, like, the heat of the day seems tough for me. I could do it in the evenings. But God, yeah, just that sweat, man. I know that DC humidity, like it's got to be basically the same. Yeah. I mean, right, that's just what you do, man. I don't know how to like, because that's the season for crabs, but also just, that's why like in Maryland and like a lot of places on the East Coast, that's the old rule about oysters. You only eat them in months that end in R. Because generally the waters would be too warm. Whereas it's like up here in the Northwest, you can eat oysters almost all time of year because the water is cold. Dude, I honestly can't believe I never put this together. But you know that movie, uh, Wedding Crashers? That, there's like that one brother. Who's like, take the football. 
That's what I was say. He's like, that's what Maryland does, man. Crab cakes and football. And I never put together, but literally before we even started this cast, you were sitting there like, yeah, man, football season's right around the corner. And then immediately we're talking about crab. I was like, dude, that is what Maryland does. Crab cakes and effing football, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I really – you can get good crab cakes, but I don't think you can beat the Maryland crab cake. Just with the old bay and stuff and the blue crab, like – Anybody goes to Baltimore or whatever, I'm like, go get a crab cake. Like, I have my places, but you can go a bunch of places. I mean, he, Matt, you live you live there for, what, six months? Yeah. Yeah, the crab, crab cakes are one of my favorites. I love the crab dip out there, though. Oh. All right. So, Cobb, I don't know if we ever talked about this. So, the crab dip is awesome, right? But it's like, it's like a thick, heavy dip, right? Like, a lot of times it's got cheese on top and this and that. So, when I go back home now, wherever we go, I'm like, this crab dip is amazing. But everybody that lives there, especially the Baltimore people, they're like, well, this place has the better crab dip. <laughs> and I'm like, this is phenomenal. What, what are we nitpicking for? <laughs> Dude, that, yeah, that's like when people come to Seattle and they're drinking coffee, you know, and the locals are always like, oh, well, it's actually, there's a better place than Starbucks. You know, like, man, like, just let them enjoy themselves, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? I was going to talk about food anyhow about going back east, but... The other thing they've started doing, so in Maryland, the other thing is you take all the, the leftover shells, right, and some of the claw meat, and you can make Maryland crab soup, which is like a tomato-based, like potatoes, corn, peas, kind of spicy, almost like a minestrone. Mm-hmm. And then the decadent is crema crab, which is basically just crab meat and like a super cream sauce, right? So they're both super good. But now when I go back there, you can go to some places and they're mixing it. So it kind of thins out the thickness of the cream of crab, but then gives it a little bit. I mean, it is, it is awesome. And you just eat it with a spoon, like a soup? Oh, yeah. Dang, dude. That's, it, that almost sounds like, like one step below eating dip with a spoon. Like that's how thick this is sounding to me. <laughs> right. So the cream of crab is pretty thick. It's still a soup. It's kind of like clam chowder. Oh, I love clam chowder. Yeah, maybe a little thicker. But yeah, when you mix it with the Maryland red and like just in the crab soup and cut it together, I think they're calling it a skipjack or something. But it is delicious. <laughs> Ted, while we're on crab, actually you too, Cobb, because we all went to the Space Needle uh, when it was still a restaurant and got the crab cakes there, right? Did we get them that night? Space Needle had great crab remember. cakes. All right, all right. Uh, but the old chef there uh runs Finns and Issaquah on Front Street and brought the crab cakes with them. I had them the other night. Phenomenal. So if you're on the east side, I don't know if Mike Hawk listens, maybe tell him Ted, but crab cakes at Finns on Front Street are top notch. All right. Yeah, I gotta mix it up. Me and Mike are in a little bit of a rut, but man, Stan's barbecue is so good right there on like Front Street. And then the what's the the Mexican Cantina, is it something 6'9"? 42. 42. They, <laughs> six, of nine. course you fixed that up. <laughs> Ted, how long have you been single, man? <laughs> All right. Full disclosure, just for us <laughs> and the people listening to the cast, I had somebody like reach out like a hey you up Saturday night. I haven't converted yet, but it has been a long 2020. Like I <laughs> Look at this smile on my face. Just the idea. Of like spending time with somebody, I'm like, oh, next two weeks could be big boys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. It's summer, baby. This is our season. 
Right? I was sitting at home. It was like midnight. I was like, I- I'm free now. She was like, well, not now, but like, I am free literally right now. And for the next two weeks, what's your work schedule look like? <laughs> Dude, it's tough. You know, that's the thing, man. I, that I feel like women can smell desperation, but that's why it's tough to get out of a rut. I mean, I feel like that's where, God, I don't know who listens to this. Sometimes I hate throwing stuff like this out, but that's, I guess in a more general sense where the idea of the term slump buster comes from, it's like women can <laughs> literally like smell that you've been sleeping with people or something. Like, I don't know if it's the olfactory system. They pick up on some sort of a pheromone or something, but I mean, that's why hot streaks exist and, and the opposite. And I don't know, it's gotta be some like deep collective subconscious biological level, but for whatever reason, like they know. So Ted, I get the feeling that this will, not be the last for me man it's three months i feel like after you go three months without uh any activity it's like then it starts oozing off you yep dude and we're in we're in august that is the eighth month for people keeping (laughs) keeping uh, record at (laughs) home you keeping score at home (laughs) that being said though you know it is a really good season to like so Oh yeah, wait, you call it cuffing season, right? You were like, be- oh, yeah. last year this time you are like, be careful, boys. It's cuffing season. Well, dude, I mean, if ever there was a time for a slump buster, I would say that time is now. And I, that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say is, if there's a time to get back on the horse, proverbially speaking, that it'd be a good time to do it. Yeah. I'm happy for you. <laughs> but I want updates on the cast. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Trying to bring it back to the conversation we were talking about, that Mexican place as great ceviche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fish? Nice. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, cool, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All well, right. Let's see us recover from this one. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you brought up cuffing season. You know what? Let's just jump into the, the other one I want to talk about. So, Liberty University. Very uh, Christian school. The guy that runs it, Jerry Falwell Jr., his dad was like the original, like one of the original TV televangelists. Yeah. So Liberty is kind of famous for they have like dress codes for the women and stuff. Like it's, you're not, like it's very, I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know, like, oh. Conservative. Conservative. Don't do anything sexual. Like blah, blah, blah. So then that guy got caught a couple months ago on a yacht, like drinking booze. There was a picture of him drinking booze and like hanging out with somebody that clearly was not his wife. And they're like, I think it's supposed to be a joke that they're wearing midriff shirts. But like him and the girl are standing there and his hands are around her. But I mean, it, you could just tell sometimes on the hand placement of like, they seem awfully comfortable together. Uh, yeah. So then it came out this weekend that he was like, oh, my wife's been having an affair with the pool boy. And then today, over the top, the pool dude comes out and it's like, we weren't just having an affair. He would watch. Oh, oh, that is not what I was expecting you to say. (laughs) Dude, you know, man, I don't know. I think when these, it it makes it so much juicier when these people are like in a position of like being holier than thou. I mean, I understand why tabloids exist now as I get older. Like he was in a position of power. He was telling people how to live their lives. But guess who got caught with their hand in the cookie jar? Right. And I'm not one to kink shame anybody. Like, you know, whatever your thing is. You want to watch your girl somebody? Like, cool. I don't know if it's my, my, uh, my taste. Right. But, but it just, 
I guess to me, the point I was going to bring up, it always amazes me how people are so against one thing. And then it's like, but they're doing it. And it's like even kinkier than like just normal. Se- I just, sometimes I worry like, and I get that sex is a topic people don't like talking about a bunch, but also like, it's like, well, it's a human natural thing. Like, I don't know, you know, growing up religious sometimes, I'm just like, man, we got to stop being so weird about it. And we sell everything through sex. Yeah, man. You know, in my opinion, you've just exposed the hypocrisy of almost every major religion in the United States, especially and including evangelicals, because I feel like that was kind of the whole thing. Like there was a documentary on that guy who, um, oh man, what's that guy's name out of Colorado? Mega pastor. It was massive. Um, oh man. I wish. No, not Joel Osteen. He's based out of Houston, but he also didn't open up his church to all those Houston flood victims despite the fact that it was massive and told him to go to take a hike while he makes millions of dollars a year. So that also was BS. But the guy I'm thinking of- Colorado that got busted like doing meth and sleeping with a gay prostitute. And sleeping with, exactly, exactly. So he was like saying that him and his wife had the best marriage ever and he'd only ever had sex with one person. Their marriage was perfect. Meanwhile, reaching his hands into everyone's pockets, pulling out millions of dollars a year. And then turns out he's flying to LA to smoke meth and hook up with dudes. And it's just like- Honestly, I'm with Ted. No kink shaming. You want to smoke meth and hook up with dudes? You're prerogative, man. Go for it. And I hope you enjoy yourself genuinely. But if you're going to go and make other people feel guilty and feel shame for things that Ted and I agree are natural human desires, that's where I take real issue. And then you're going to charge them for it. And that's a big, my big issue with the church is that they make people feel bad for doing stuff that, frankly, you know, people are kind of hardwired to do. Yeah. I mean, I grew up Catholic. I mean, I remember, you know, going to confession and confessing to the priest that I was masturbating as a teenager, which (laughs) is odd to begin with. Plus, I don't know if you guys know about Catholic religion. Like, you can put up a screen or whatever, or you can look at them face to face. You know me, even as like a 13-year-old, like, I got to look him in the eye and tell him this. Damn, you (laughs) want eye contact? Always. You're bold. Don't break eye contact when you're telling a man you masturbated for the first time. Do not break eye contact. That's, dude, that's even weird. Like now looking back on that as an adult, you think about two, you know, a grown man sitting in a tiny phone booth with a young child and that he's like, tell me all the weird sexual shit you did. Oh, it's all very, I mean, it is so strange. Wow. That's how bizarre, man. Yeah. What do you think about like, I don't know, just that experience looking back. I, you know, it, that's kind of why I tell the story sometimes. It's very strange that, like, as a, you know, basically a child at 13, you're saying this to somebody. But, you know, I don't think religion overall is a bad thing for people. I think for a lot of people, it helps in a lot of ways. But, yeah, that, that stuff is just, there's no other way to say it. It's just weird. I'm with you. I should caveat what I said, which is the religion over the years has done a lot of good things for a lot of people. It's also done a lot of bad. I'm at neutral. And I ask people a lot, if religion is a net positive for humanity or a net negative, I think it's just barely still in the net positive camp for me. Yeah. And like, obviously I went to the math of Catholic. So then, you know, there's still a lot of very Catholic people there and stuff. So, you know, my mom goes to church all the time, but yeah, some of that stuff is just a little, I don't know. It is. It's just strange. And also it's like, it's a 13 year old boy. Of course he's going to go masturbate. Mm-hmm. Well, and dude, I think people should be whatever religion they feel inclined to. My only issue is when people feel so 
uh, it's like when someone's trying so hard to convince you of something because they're trying to really to convince themselves. That's what gets me is the confidence of some of these religions. Cause I think it's okay to say that we don't know, but I also think it's important to believe what you believe. And then the other piece is really just the, the making people feel bad for how they want to behave because it's not the way that you want to be perceived as behaving. So, you know, it's kind of a bizarre human exercise to me, but that being said, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, pro many religions although some of the ones in the states rub me a little bit wrong yeah and it's just funny too like i don't know just that guy was such a weirdo about it and then of course he gets popped for like what i would consider a different kinky thing i mean look even the three of us right like we're all familiar with each other's relationship status but it's not like if me and matt are on the phone we're talking i'm like dude so then i switch to this position you know i'm just like right, that's everybody's private business <laughs> That being said, email in if you want the full update next week from Ted. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it's called the play-by-play now. <laughs> um, yeah, wait, wait. So what was up with this girl on the yacht with this guy? Did that get cleared up? I don't, they said they were joking, and he was like, of course, that cuff wasn't booze. And then it's like. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, of course, the, it was her yacht. <laughs> wait, it's not hard to tell the permagrin. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, ah. I've done a little drinking in my day. You can, you can be like, yeah, that guy's having a good time. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's made millions off of their church. I know his dad did. Like, there's just something about guys with money where they just, like, spend cash on getting girls from the internet to come hang out with them on yachts. I mean, if we've seen it once. We've seen it a thousand times. So. Yeah. I have been on a yacht before where I, like, got scolded because I, like, walked out to the front deck and they were like, that's just for the girls. All right. Jesus. Feels like we're kind of gawking at him. Yeah. Like, how much are we paying these? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Thanks. One time, a girl that I know from the gym that I follow on Instagram went to a yacht party and just posted a bunch of stories of her and her drunk friends in bikinis twerking and stuff, and I totally masturbated to it. Just wanted to... <laughs> 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 that was not where I thought that was going. <laughs> it's like, once I'm on the list of, like, Matt saw your story. She doesn't know how many times I saw it or what I was doing while I was watching it, so I was like, I'll just go back to the start and, like, do this proper. <laughs> two things. One, she does know how many times you saw it, and two, that is Reg- Ronald Reagan trickle-down economics in action, man. Rich people spending money on that, and you get to benefit. The common man, trickle-down economics works. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It doesn't, but that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, that yacht I was on one time for Seafair, Matt, same thing. There's like six dudes, and then it's just like all I, somebody invited me, and then it's always like, you know, models, whatever, promo girls. So there's three levels, right? So everybody's on like the main level, partying, drink just crushing vodka and this was 2008 so i mean this was years ago so then you know me like somehow like everybody because we're on the log boom everybody's kind of moving across the log boom and hanging out on other boats so i end up on the top deck and i'm just like man i want a beer there's this giant one of those giant white coolers and it is full of bud light so like one of the other dudes i go what's up with the beer and he's like go ahead dude nobody's gonna drink that beer and i was like you son of a bitch i'm in (laughs) <laughs> now I'm up there, My guy. <laughs> just like shotgun and beers and like the people next to us are like ted smith was again they're like come over here we got jaeger and i was like i'll be right down 
<laughs> like I'm on this yacht with all these girls. I don't think I talked to one of them the entire time. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny when you tell that story because, like, that's that's back when you were heavier. And seriously, I just picture you like a pirate, like rope swinging off of this balcony onto the next boat over. Like, give me that Jaeger. <laughs> God, man, that sounds fun. Oh, it was a great time. It just, I just remember, like, I was like, man, I want to walk up to the front of the boat. It was just like, hey, Ted, you're not allowed up there. It's just for the girls. Like, okay. <laughs> I see we have an image for trying to uphold this yacht. Copy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I guess add that to the list of unspoken rules. <sighs> yeah, nobody, I mean, nobody had caught me up on the rules. I had no idea. I, I didn't know that till right now. I think about how many times I've like, you know, possibly violated, I, I don't know, unwritten rules are weird. I don't own a boat. I'm not a boater. So like, that's one I just wouldn't know. Yeah. Like when I hang out over at Matt, you know, over at the lake house, it's pretty simple. You get on the boat, Mitch tells you where to sit. <laughs> like copy. Like, or it tells you if you're driving, like happened to me. <laughs> Never driven a boat before. I <laughs> uh, was still one of the scariest offers I ever had. And that thing is so nice. So just like, uh, uh-uh, no, no, Cobb. And I think I threw Cobb under the bus. Like, Cobb will drive. <laughs> yeah, for for people who don't know, the short version is Matt's dad has a really nice speedboat that I definitely couldn't afford with multiple years' salary. We hop in the boat, and he he's pointing where everybody should sit. There's a dog going crazy on this boat, and he's like, Cobb, you're driving. I'm like. <laughs> Okay, a couple beers deep, whatever. Time to just, you know, no boating license, no life jacket, learn how to drive an expensive boat. And so I get in, I start like really slowly creeping out there. Like we're talking like five, 10 miles an hour. And he looks at me, he just goes, pin it. And I'm like, panic looked at Ted and effing Ted, dude, threw me under the bus like he never has before. He goes, yeah, man, pin it. And just drops his hand like the hammer. I'm like, you mother. <laughs> That's what it was like, like. You're not getting any support out of me. I'm just like in my chair, like yeah, pin it. <laughs> like yeah, bro, pin it. Uh, Don't be a little bitch about it. <laughs> yeah, that was stressful. Pretty fun, but very stressful. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Whew. Anyhow, yeah, that foul ball guy is crazy. <laughs> You're crazy for this one, Jerry. Right. <laughs> Dude, think about that though i mean think seriously about that guy's life he's laughing all the way to the bank like he's out on a freaking private yacht with instagram models just like banging them tagging them and then he's going home to his wife and watching her screw the pool guy and then trying to use that as his as his out you know like that was his plan to get out of his like hey remember how i keep inviting the pool guy over here to bang you in front of me. Now I'm going to blame you for cheating on me in order to get out of sleeping with this Instagram model on a yacht that I paid for with their money. Watch. <laughs> well, I don't think it worked because he resigned. As, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he resigned as the president of Liberty University. <laughs> Dude, one other random thing I remember about that guy is he, uh, him or his dad had a call-in line that you could call in and it was free uh, but basically to donate money. They're like, you know, call us now. We'll help you, whatever. And then they'd be, hey, you up for donations, right? When they did like the yeah. televangelism, that's kind of, you know, I mean, that's the business model. So um, this guy took, um, what's that called when you take uh, take exception to it? This, a, a guy in Georgia was not happy about that model. And that guy uh-huh. knowed, knew how to program computers. So he set his computer up to call that line. And he, he found out that the line cost them $1 for every inward bound call. 
but they would just eat that dollar because they knew they'd make it up in donations. This guy set up his computer to call that line once every 30 seconds for eight years. It ended up costing $735,000 before AT&T got involved. Wow. <laughs> Bell Telephone at the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Pretty, pretty now, hilarious. I don't even know if that would classify as like petty, um, but I just know you love moves like that where somebody takes a stand and you always have awesome stories like that. I love it. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean – I don't know that I'm a petty person, but I appreciate when people, uh, yeah, you're right. When people take a stand or just when they, you know, when they don't just get steamrolled because I feel like all too often the people in power just accrue more power. And that guy's like, you know what? I'm going to spend an hour of my time or a day of my life. I'm going to do something about it. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's for nothing else. Cause it's not like he was making money off and it's just like, all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'd be one thing if he was like stealing that money for his own purposes, but he's just like, you know what? F these guys. I don't like what they're about. And, you know, that guy's yacht's probably smaller today as a result. I think, you know, whenever it's about being petty or doing things out of spite, it just depends on the circumstance. Like, I'm fine with it. But, you know, some people are like, oh, that's too petty. Why would you do that just out of spite? And it's like, well, watch sports. Or what? I mean, most people in life, like, even though they don't want to admit it, like, you're petty about certain things. And like, like, all right, like, you know what I mean? Watch soccer. Somebody gets clipped, like, Next time down the field, like, he's clipping that dude back or, you know, baseball. I watched the last oh. dance. Yeah. Pettiness is greatness, last I checked. <laughs> Ted, can I tell you the most petty thing I've ever heard? Most petty yes. move I've ever heard? I heard it this weekend. I don't want to say who was involved on the cast, but I will tell you later. It's somebody that we both know. That person's uh, girlfriend moved out and she took everything, but this bitch took so okay he goes in the morning to get ready and like she's taking everything out of this house right it's empty um and he goes to jump in the shower and this bitch took the shower curtain the inner <laughs> one and the outer world now that is petty <laughs> she took the freaking the shower. inner shower curtain the liner the liner, man. Like he had to, sh dude. Yes, he had to shower the next morning with no shower curtain. Just like, wow. Like she wanted it to hurt. She was twisting the knife. And there's oh. no chance that liner was clean. No, she packed that thing up and took it with her. Like that is the most petty move I've literally ever heard. The ten dollar liner. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I'm glad that hits you as hard as that hit me. Because I heard that, and everyone kind of glossed over it. And I was just sitting in my chair like, oh, my God. Oh, I almost started crying. Yeah, I mean, that is so petty. Well, you know what? You can't be too petty. We found it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just like, damn. Yeah, dude. When I tell you who it is, it's going to blow your mind. I think uh, the best pettiness sometimes is in restaurants. So, like, if you get a fired from a place or whatever, like, just simple little things. Just, like, all the ketchup containers are empty or, like, there's no salt shakers. Just, like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, that would, that would get to me. Uh, have you guys watched any of the NBA at all? No, no. A little bit. What's going on? Oh, I am all about it. Luka Doncic, Dantich. He's the truth, man. He is the truth. I'm just blown away. I'm like, he is so good. Wait, so is this, are they still doing, 
I know very little. Are they doing summer season right now, or is it like this is the NBA season now? So the season's over. They played like three weeks of like kind of warm up games, but now they're now they're in the playoffs. Is this for 2019 or 2020? The 2019-2020 season, because basketball always crosses over New Year's. Right. Oh, so this season got canceled when? Like in January or February? March. March seventeenth. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, it wasn't St. Patty's. It was the week before, but the NBA was the first league to start canceling stuff. Okay, so this is kind of to reposition for the playoffs of what would have been in, you know, May, whatever, whenever they are, April. I'm only positive it wasn't the 17th because I was sitting at home quarantined. You're right. It was March 10th. Yeah. Um, it was a Wednesday. I just remember, like, that was when it got real for me. It was when I was on the phone and I was walking out of the gym and it just said, NBA suspend season. And I was like, what? And then they, were I just, on, they were on the court at a game and took everybody off after yeah. Gobert tested positive. Yeah, that one was that one was crazy. And then nah, you just went full Rain Man. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I got the date wrong. <laughs> Shittiest Rain Man ever. Oh man! All right. Well, I gotta take a timeout. My timer's going off, and then while I come back, we'll jump into emails. Is that the laundry timer? Yeah, I was like, that's what's getting going. God, that's how you know it's a real home episode. My man's yeah. getting his laundry done on Monday and doesn't want to back up the laundry for the other pe- the other tenants. What a considerate guy. <laughs> <laughs> I totally Sounds thought like that was coming from my room, that beeping, and I was just like, what is going off at me right now? <laughs> uh, dude, well, Matt, uh, not to put you on the spot, but – any like particularly petty moves that stand out that you've seen in your lifetime? Man, no. The one about our friend in Nashville was popping through my mind when we were talking about that, but I don't know if we can talk about that on the cast. I don't even remember. Oh, oh, God. Oh, man. No, we can't bring that <laughs> up again. It's so. way too public. Wow. Wow, uh, dude. I forgot about that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, well, no, I guess that would be uh, poetic. Was it poetic justice when like, some idiot like flies back by you and cuts you off and you see him pulled over half mile later. Um, yeah. Is that poetic justice? Yeah. Or somebody telling people not to have sex for 20 years and then being found on a yacht with an Instagram model. Yes. Yeah. That too. That was a wild one. Um, my, that was literally like, I just found out about that before the cast. My dad and I were having dinner and he was bringing me up to speed. And then Ted was like, let's talk about it. So, I wasn't quite as shocked when you were, uh, when Ted like dropped a couple of those like big, like explosive details, but it was fun watching your reaction. Well, dude, you know what I just realized? Like Instagrammers are essentially running like the same playbook. Like my apology video is like always their like, you know, most watched video. And like this Jerry Falwell Jr. guy is going to do the same thing. Like I've sinned. God has steered me back onto the path. Give me more money. I'm clean now. And it's like, I mean, I guess people love a redemption story, you know, and, and people can't change. But, I mean, it sounds like this, you know. His, That's a him, tough one. When you get God involved, it's real real tricky to bounce back. Um, what, yeah, and frankly, do you think that was his first time with a young model on a yacht? Hell and no. they just happened to catch it on and yeah, with a photo. Okay, so speaking of apologies, did you see the baseball announcer apology? Uh, no, I heard there was like a cringeworthy one though. 
Yeah. So they came back from commercials. The mics were hot. Did you ever watch Angels in the Outfield? Yes. You remember you got an angel with you right now. Huh? You got an angel with you right now. Yeah. yeah. So the announcer, right? He was always a scumbag when the mics were off. And then as soon as the mics were on, he's like, oh, whatever. The California Angels, whatever. Yeah. It was kind of one of those moments. They came back from commercial early during a doubleheader. And it was just like a still of the field. Like they're just coming back. It's it's in the middle of a doubleheader. And you just hear him. He dropped the – the other F bomb, the one that I don't say, I, I say the real, the, the big F word that's been around since we were kids. The one that we said when we were kids, but we don't anymore, a lot of us. Got it. And he's like, one of the blank capitals of the world. And it was just like, what did he just what? say? And then two seconds later, and we're back in Cincinnati, and the Reds are in a doubleheader with the Royals, and just like it was. Oh, nothing. my God. It is job. And then, so that was at the end of the seventh inning stretch or somewhere in the first game or in the middle of the doubleheader. And then, like, the fourth inning of the second game, he starts making this apology. Very self-centered. The apology on its own was already getting trashed, you know, by people. It's like he literally was, like, at one point was, like, I apologize to the people that signed the back of my paycheck. And, like, I don't know if I'll ever put this headset back on and that's not who I am. And I'm a man of faith and all this like very self-centered like apology. Um, and so as he's in the middle of this like blowhardy, you know, selfish apology, dude cracks a Homer. So <laughs> yes. So he has to go back into announcing. Yeah. He has to just, Pause his apology and give you the most subdued, awkward home run call you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> like one sentence with no like rise of emotions. And the thing was the, the team that he announces for. So usually that's a, a long, high fly ball deep to left. Uh, yeah, back he, to the warning track. The fence is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like a quick like, and here's Casanova's with the home run. I pride myself on being a man of faith. And <laughs> Jesus. What was this in Cincinnati? Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, dude. Yeah. In the nasty man. They, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They're on. I mean, for people who haven't been there, they're on the border with Kentucky. Their airports in Kentucky. They're right there. And definitely there's some, uh, uh, antiquated political views. I would say. Their airports in Kentucky. Yeah, man. That's they are the on that border. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I've I've had a couple of layovers there. Um, did you get Skyline Chili or check out the smoking section? Yeah, no, I did. It was when I was getting sent to correctional schools on the East Coast because partially because oh, yeah. I was always smoking cigarettes in the parking lot of my high school here and kept getting suspended. But like, yeah, I was all about the smoking sections. But Dude, I well, Cincinnati Airport, smoke them if you got them, man. Yeah, cool. It's I, in uh, Covington, Kentucky. Wow, I've been to another state all these years. Didn't even realize. Yeah. The more you know. Ted, how's the laundry? Good, good. Switched it over. Oh, sh I got to set this timer. All right. <laughs> We're modern domestic man. Yeah, I, I think that was good talking. Ted, do those sheets. You got that girl coming over. Oh, good thinking. That's just from a friend to a friend right there. Yeah, what were you I'm saying, always Matt? behind on the sheet laundry. 
Uh, it's been eight months. Both washers were used. Both dryers are in use because one of those is the sheets. I respect that. <laughs> and I was, I was down to like my last pair of like emergency underwear. Like, ah, oh, these are the tight ones. I don't like them as much. So like tonight when I got home, I was like, I've got to do laundry. I've got to clean these sheets. <laughs> uh, dude, seriously, it is like the like... I don't know another example of that, but like the last match or like, you know, the, like the, the warning napkin, you're like, there's like one more left. Like same thing with underwear. Like you get to like that last, like one or two and you're like, I got to make a move here. Something's got to change. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, let's, I guess we could just roll into the emails. I, um, boom. Okay. Uh, what were you into first? I've preferred ciders over beer for a long time. The selection here was pretty lacking, but whenever I'd go to Vancouver, BC, I could get my fix of at least apple, pear, and raspberry ciders. Once the gluten-free train rolled into town, I saw a big increase in ciders locally and domestically with flavors all over the place. It's been pretty rad. And now that hard seltzers are getting their time to shine, my favorite cider company jumped in and is making the tastiest hard seltzer I've ever had. It's been pretty fun to see how our collective diet trends influence our drinking trends. Michelle. Yeah, that's a great call, man. There's so many good hard ciders, seltzers out there right now. Dude, she's totally right, too. Weirdly, I remember that. The first time I ever had a cider, I was like 19 in uh, British Columbia. I didn't even think about that at the time, that that was like a big thing there. I, since I was underage, I just thought that that was what people drank in the States, too. Great call. Man, that's a good question. I'm trying to think now when I got into ciders. It might have been when I started watching soccer, honestly. Makes sense. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's a bold face lie. We, me and my buddies used to drink woodchuck cider. <laughs> Do you remember? I feel like Strongbow like dominated for a long time. Like that was kind of the only option. Strongbow did, but there was this stuff Magners. called Right, Magners is like the Irish one, I think. And then there was this stuff called woodchuck. And they had like three flavors. So I don't. I completely blanked that out of my memory. But when I started working at a at a liquor store. Like me and we would start tailgate mornings at like 7 a.m. with a bumper, 32 ounce of woodchuck. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dude, I seriously love you working at that liquor store. Uh, what were you on before it was big? Gauges. I got them at 13 back in 2003. I uh, got up to 2G and had to explain them to all my teachers. Uh, now I just wear uh, 14G captives. Because let's be honest, that smell is funky. Um, he's talking about gauged ears for people who don't know. Um, music, I championed Shinedown after the first album to all my friends. Uh, House said, oh, and they said they'd, ne they'd never be anything. On the other side, I was Team Zune, F iPods. Uh, yeah. I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, lastly, I was dead wrong about Xbox. I wrote it off so hard. Nintendo is never going to go anywhere. Uh, keep on and LARP on. Scott, the IT guy, a.k.a. Matt's one-time client, a.k.a. the Eastern Washington Desert Wanderer, a.k.a. the guy screaming at the radio when the wealth of misinformation is at it again. <laughs> What's up, Scott? <laughs> what, wait a minute. The Zune, what was the other one he put in there? He said, lastly, I was dead wrong about Xbox. I wrote it off so hard saying Nintendo, Nintendo is never going to go anywhere. Yeah, Nintendo, I will say, to me, the Xbox, like, has stayed, like, consistent, and, like, people always have them, they get better and better, but I feel like Nintendo now, every few years, like, remember when they came out with the Wii, like, every once in a while, now they have the, is it the Switch? 
connect like, oh yeah switch yeah yeah it seems like every once in a while they come out with just something you're like all right nintendo i see you yeah nintendo's big thing is to use old technology so it's cheaper but like really cool gameplay to win it's like that's how they make a lot of their their money like the game boy for instance technology is far beyond that i respect him for saying the things he was wrong about i feel like people always forget those is that this yeah. week's cop topic what what we were wrong about <laughs> dude god i mean if you want me to write a book <laughs> what's up boys long time emailer first time listener thanks for still making the greatest podcast in all the land all the land <laughs> you asked what we were into uh before it was cool i don't uh i don't think i really had something i had an older brother so i pretty much spent my adolescence adolescence trying to be like him me too neil uh, and getting my ass kicked for taking his CDs and shit. Uh, found out Cypress Hill was dope. Pun intended. Oh, and River House all the way. High five, boys. Neil Fielder, soon to be closer to Canada than Washington. Oh, wow. No kidding. I didn't realize Neil was moving. Well, it's not like I talked to him on the phone, so that shouldn't come as that big of a surprise. <laughs> oh, the last guy was talking about Shine Down too. Like, yeah, I saw Shine Down years ago at the Showbox market and they just crushed it. I saw them at Ram's Head Live in Baltimore. Nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Some bands you just know when you see them live, like some acts, you're just like, wow, that person's a superstar. Happens rarely, but sometimes people just rock a room. I remember, Ted, were you the one saying you saw Kanye super early? Yeah, man, saw him at the 930 Club in DC. Yeah. You just, you hear stories like that every once in a while and it's like, well, the thing is, it's like law of averages, right? So you go to a bunch of local smaller shows or touring bands. Just if you go to enough, like eventually you're going to have a story of like, yeah, I saw this person in this club or whatever. Uh, This next email, I'm not really sure what it means. So I'm just going to read it as is and you guys can decipher. Water. Who took a photo of Ted? Sent from my iPhone. And the subject is jealous again. <laughs> Maybe they're asking who took a photo of me in the water. I'm not sure. Possibly. Let's move on. There's been a few Myst- of those lately. Yeah. Mystic Rick. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. Last week, there was a shout out to Mystic Rick. And I thought you guys would enjoy, enjoy a little backstory on him, especially Ted. So Mystic Rick is actually... Uh, so I did a little research after our cast too, because I don't know why we threw, we were throwing that out. So Mystic Rick is actually Tom Segura. Segura. As Ted may oh. remember, Meg showed him uh, a clip of Tom talking a bunch of crap about wrestling fans. Well, this turned into Tom getting blown up by the fans. In turn, he decided he's going to become a wrestler. Mystic Rick has never actually wrestled, but somehow has gotten Rick Flair and other big name wrestlers to make videos saying he's the best wrestler out there. Thanks again for doing the cast. I love listening to Weekly. Aaron. That's pretty funny. I, I love Tom Segura. He's pretty funny. Yeah, he's pretty funny. Yeah, wrestling's one of those ones, too. Like, I go back and forth with it. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. And I'll go, like, I like going to see Migs wrestling stuff. But and you insult the wrestling world. People get real pissy. Yeah, dude, I, I, I was so pumped that I heard Migs was, like, wrestling. He's been, like, moving up the ranks, too. I'm, like, a legit fan of his at this point. Like, we're friends also. But honestly, sometimes I'll see him on Instagram. I'm like, man, like. That Steve Miggs always up to something cool. 
You know what I mean? Like, I literally feel like a fan. Oh, he got jacked. Did he? Yeah. He is cut, man. Yeah. Powerful Steve Mix. Yeah, nice. well, he spent, you know, he spent years, like, cutting weight and stuff and then kind of maintaining. And then recently with wrestling, he started kind of building, like, size back on. Dude, I like that. Powerful, Steve. Uh, gentlemen, a couple language facts from the home episode 19 you may find interesting. First, Cobb wax poetic about the smell of rain, particularly after warm weather. That specific smell is called petrichor. Uh, second, the plural of octopus is fairly vigorously debated, but because the word derived from Greek, not Latin, the most etymo etymologically uh, correct plural isn't octopi, but rather octopodes, uh, are pronounced octope, octopodes. Mind you, pointing that out to people is pretty pedantic, and we usually get you branded as an insufferable know-it-all. But I figured uh, you boys and the listeners to the greatest podcast in all the land, all the land. All the land. Wouldn't judge me too harshly. Stay safe and sane, gents. LARP on and C-Town. What? Carson, the lawyer. That's fair. It's kind of funny, too. He brought up Octopus to go back to the video game thing. There's a series on Netflix. I watched an episode where it's about, like, the origins of certain video games and, like, the culture of it. And Space Invaders was, like, this massive game. And they talked to the dude, I want to say in Japan, that made it. And he legit took, like, you guys remember that old game Pong where you yes. just kind of move the paddle and like it would bounce around. So he took that idea and then they were trying to figure out who the enemy should be. So first they had like soldiers, but he was like, it felt wrong, like shooting little tiny humans. So then he started drawing octopus and like squid. And then that's what turned into like the space invaders. Oh, dope. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I love how there's always like a human story behind stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like every business, every like little product, like it was some dude or chick like sitting there actually making the thing and they have to make those choices. Yeah, it was know, super interesting. Cool. Yeah, because right, now we're used to like, well, we had a team of consultants and we did this and we did that. It's kind of nice. But like, yeah, that was just a dude. Who saw yeah, they got the Nike swoosh for like 600 bucks. It was just like some college girl. Yeah. Threw it for him. <laughs> yeah, she should have had a better deal. <laughs> yeah. Go, Played yourself. That company's never going to make it. <laughs> oh, man. Always take stock. Just ask David Cho. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's check in with what's happening. All right. Um, well, yeah, more of the same. I uh, played three rounds of golf since the last time I saw you boys on here. All right. Yeah, I went up to... Jackson with uh, JT Phillips, who's in a million bands, and Kyle Court, who's also in a million bands. Um, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. So we went up there. That was fun. I played terrible, but I was just glad to be hanging with some homies I hadn't seen in a while. So I still had a great time. Uh, and I think that's good for the mental game to, like, shoot a 10 on the first hole and be able to walk away smiling. Like – I think that's that's going to be an important, like, skill that I developed that I practiced more that day than, like, crushing drives and just having a great round. Um, then two days after that, I played with my buddy Jake, who's also in a million bands. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me talk about 10 Miles Wide at, 
ad nauseum and he plays with them, but has a bunch of projects. Um, me, him and Tyler played Jefferson, another Seattle course. Um, and I had the best round of my life shot in 86. Um, right. so that was, that was really cool. I hadn't seen Jake since all this madness started either. Uh, and then Sunday I drove way down South to Tumwater to play with, uh, one of my friends that, uh, well, I guess he's, he's a client, uh, that listens to the podcast, Adam, he emailed in that one day. Um, and so he'd been playing golf and we just, uh, hung out in person for the first time, had a great time, um, down there and the weather was awesome. So it was a good drive and I just liked being on the road and then, you know, had a, had a fun round down at Tumwater Valley golf course, uh, way down South. So, uh, golf's been a big part of the week. It's been part of my life these days. <laughs> um, but tons of fun. Uh, and then outside of that Saturday night, uh, Jake and his girlfriend, uh, we went over to their house and we went over to Saltoro on Greenwood and had dinner. Have you been either? You've been there? No, I don't know, man, that burger Cobb. I know you're on the search for the best burger in Seattle or, and you, you, your search is incomplete until you've checked that place out for sure. Wow. What burger did you get? Uh, the Saltoro burger. It's like Saltoro Kobe burger. beef. Cool. What really matters to me is like on those, it's a big, it's a quarter pound burger, but the bun holds it so that I use two hands for the first bite, but then it was a one hand burger the rest of the way through, but it was a quarter pound, like, and it was just this big bun that supported it, well stacked, delicious flavors. Um, so that was a big come up. I had to tell you about that because I know you're you're always always on the search. Um, mm-hmm. And best burger in Seattle's big title, but it's certainly up there in the conversation. If if I'm part of the conversation, so um, Saltoro was awesome. It was great to hang out with Jake and his girlfriend uh, Candice, and we just went over to their house afterwards. Jake and I smoked cigars, and it just felt cool. Uh, <laughs> And I have a cigar now. I'm a cigar guy, and I my cigar of choice is Marquesa by um, Gurkha Cigars. If anyone's wondering, great great smoke held up, awesome, and uh, tasted good. And yeah, it was just a fun night out on the deck, just shooting the breeze for hours. Um, and you know, human interactions at a premium these days, so that helps too. Uh, yeah well and i was gonna say if you're gonna play that much golf you kind of have to smoke cigars don't you yeah i realized i haven't been smoking any on the course since i i watched last dance and i was like that's my new thing and then i've just been kind of slacking but now i'm like marquesas are my jam like i'm gonna just be out there like like mj um (laughs) me and him got a lot in common but i'm starting there (laughs) right (laughs) Skin color, baggy yeah. clothes. To name a few. <laughs> North Carolina, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, we're, we'll hang out, play around together, and we're just going to have so much to talk about that, you know, it's going to be like, same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's most – other than that, just been practicing the drums and swimming every day and, you know, letting those two hobbies, like, trying to drill them in as habits. Um 
and having a lot of fun doing both. So pretty stoked to have those in the, you know, in the like quarantine development projects for habits and stuff. So uh, yeah, that's been the last week. Oh, Oh, he's back. Matt, can you hear us? Dude, that was my internet? What the? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much you heard, but did you freeze again? I wonder what this is going to sound like on my We got you. Oh. What is going on? Let's try to ride the minutes to go. Okay, we good? Look, Cobb topic. I'm insured. Uh, take off. Oh, no. <laughs> you heard me, Chad Smith. Podcast.com. Uh oh. Uh, or hit or your height, if any. Oh, you get out of All right. We're going to have to end it here so we don't lose it. Okay, we're back. That's a good call. Yeah. Oh. I went in let's, and out. Let's so let's shut it out. Uh oh. Okay, well, I just got a text from Ted. If uh, this is coming through, thanks for listening to the home episodes. This is very uh, home episode-y, and uh, I'm pretty sure you're just going to hear my end of the feed because I'm the one recording it, uh, and I haven't heard anything of those guys except for the last few minutes. So thanks for listening. That's Ted. There's Cobb. We'll be back in three weeks. Ted's going to the East Coast. So – Uh, Thanks for listening, and hope you're doing well. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right.